Welcome to Media Memoirs 11. I am Mr. Monday, and joining me is JMO, Invader Sam, and Nazara Nation. Hey guys, how's it going? What? Hi. <laughs> how's it going? It's going well. I'm in the best of moods. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why, why are you? Why are you in the best of moods? Well, I just have these friends, you know, and they always just—they always just do their best to support me. Yeah. And to uh, to make sure that I achieve my goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not like us, eh? <laughs> you know. <laughs> what friends? Uh, what friends? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Good, I'm glad you're all alright. We had a nice 2021. Do you know what? 2021 was a wonderful year. Was it? And do you know what? I've been consuming lots of media throughout that year. Have you consumed? Have you yes. consumed? I'm very excited to be talking about said media. It has been a while. And only, and only media. <laughs> it has been a while since we've um, spoken about me our media memoirs. Yes. Isn't it? I'm looking forward to no, telling yeah. everyone about my memoirs. Me, or just your memoirs, not, yeah. not, not, not media not memoirs. Media. Just, no. just the memoirs. I, I know exactly what I'm going to talk about, as usual. So <laughs> We're all ready to go. Yeah. yeah. As you may have guessed, this year... No. As you may have guessed, this podcast, we're talking about our favourite media from 2021. And there was a lot. So uh, we're having to narrow it down, because we don't want the podcast to be five hours long. So here's how it works. Let's It'll see. be four hours. <laughs> 59, 59 minutes. Four hours, 59. We'll be lucky if we finish before midnight. <laughs> so um, we basically each got two, two things from each category. Movies, games, and music. And that's it. That's all we're allowed. If anyone starts talking out of turn, then I'm fucking going to shoot them. All right? Oh. oh Actually, I have quite a bit I want to talk about that isn't media-related. Welcome to uh, Media Memoirs 11. Okay, so first up, we're going to talk about movies. Movies? Okay. Movies first. Would you even Whoa. believe? Would you even believe? <laughs> What's a movie? <laughs> so who who would like to talk about their two favourite movies first? Who? I think you should go first. I think you should go first. Yeah, actually. First. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We haven't done that for a while, so... yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's put him, put on the spot now. Oh, oh. no, I've got them written down. I've got them written down. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go with this. So, um, all right. My second favourite movie of the year. I'll go two and one. Right, I'll go two and then one. I've just realised we might lose a lot of listeners here. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> already? <laughs> yeah, we've been like a few minutes. we're <laughs> looking at the movies that came out last year. What looked like movies that I would <laughs> rate? <as> yeah. <laughs> All right, so as number two, this is going to really, this is going to shock you guys. <laughs> I don't think you're ready for this. Hold tight, everybody. I don't think you're ready for this. This is a film that came out in cinemas last year and bombed hard, and I really don't think it deserved to bomb as hard as it what did. What this could be? Right? Yeah. Oh, you've no idea. And it, it came out. It came out on Disney Plus in December. Ooh. It is the last duel. Uh, one of Ridley Scott's, oh. uh, I think. Is that his name? Is that it? Is yeah, that yeah, Ridley Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Latest movies: Adam Driver. Um, yeah. all those, you know, folks. Got ben big Affleck cast, and, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Matt yeah. Damon. Uh, yeah. Um, 
It's a movie that's kind of difficult to talk about, but I thought I had to because it was so good and I feel like it didn't get the recognition that it deserved when it kind of came out. So I'm just going to just remind myself what people's names are by searching it up on Google here. <laughs> it got some amazing reviews. I seem to recall... Yeah, um, the reviews. Yeah. The reviews are amazing. The reviews were like yeah. really good. I'll be honest with you, mate. Looking at some of these names of characters, oh, <laughs> a bit, a bit difficult to pronounce <laughs> some difficult. of these. Difficult. But anyway, basically, I guess the story in its at its core is kind of quite serious. It's it's basically about the rape of um, Marguerite uh, de, de Carouges, de Carouge, uh, de Carouge. I remember how they said it in the movie, um, and it's kind of told from the perspective of her at the end, and then her husband at the beginning, and then the uh, the kind of the husband's best friend, who is the kind of I guess the rapist in the middle so you see all all three different perspectives of how it happened but it's also kind of quite actiony like medieval kind of action mm. lots of medieval action in there beautifully shot and the story so you you originally see this this kind of sequence of events from through the eyes of uh, her husband and so you see how he sees himself you see how he sees the events that happen and how he reacts to the events that happen and basically the the, the kind of the story as a whole is like him dueling his best friend who who committed the crime right and then it's also kind of about how people kind of react to women's kind of uh you know women's telling people that that, that they've been raped how, yeah. how they kind of yeah. react to that um so you see it from the husband's point of view first and you're kind of watching it and you're like yeah yeah this this is the good this is the good guy you know that's how you kind of start to kind of originally see it and then you see kind of um adam driver's character's way of things and the way he sees it he's the good guy you know that's that's how he sees it and then marguerite's view of things at the end is kind of how it actually happened and you kind of see it's kind of interesting really interesting to see how people view themselves and how they view others' actions, you know, because you kind of learn the truth in snippets throughout all these different points of view, which I found fascinating. And also, obviously, you know, it's very much kind of relevant to, to, to current events and things like that, yeah. and, you know, believing believing women. Um, mm. But also, uh, lots of it's a Ridley Scott movie. And it's, an, it's a movie set in medieval times, so there's lots of... Obviously, there's the duel at the end, mm. and lots of war and sword fights. So it's kind of like... I don't know. I can see why it didn't do well in cinemas because it's kind of aimed at that older audience that weren't quite ready, I guess, to go back to the cinema, and also quite heavy subject matter. But uh, just the way that it's shot and the way it kind of reveals the movie reveals its kind of story is is really well done. Does it come from? Sorry, Will. Does it come from a book or a true story, or is there anything that? So it's 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 loosely based on something that did happen in in kind of French medieval france yeah um which is which is loosely based uh, which was kind of written by written about in a book called the last duel a true story a trial by combat in medieval france uh it actually wasn't the last duel ever held in france but it was the last duel to the death ever held in france so it is that that kind of last duel that was ever held in france um but yeah really good really good kind of wow difficult to watch at times but yeah. uh I don't usually go for movies like this. As you know, I'm no. a pop kind of movie mm. man. But mm. I was really excited about this, and I missed it in the cinema because it, it bombed quite hard, so it wasn't around for long. And I was really, really glad to see it in um, on Disney+. Plus, Which leads me to talk about something that was, really kind of annoyed me 
when it comes to Disney's acquisition of 20th Century Fox. Because this was a 20th Century Fox movie that was in production before Disney acquired them. Uh, and it really feels like yeah. Disney is purposefully trying to destroy every franchise that Fox own, especially the ones that they already had in the works, because they don't advertise them. Like Kingsman. Oh, the Kings, yeah, advert- Kingsman. Yeah. yeah, that just went under the radar. That did, yeah. Completely. And that should be a huge film, you know? That should be a massive, massive film. Nothing. And, and another one is um, the Death on the Nile, which is the new Poirot movie. Um, which I th- well, in the, the first one, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, did pretty well, and but they're releasing it in February, which is the known kind of graveyard movie mm. month. Uh, it just seems to me like, like Disney is just trying to really get rid of all this kind of 20th Century Fox stuff and not have to deal with it anymore because what? it's all too adult. And, yeah, yeah, well, we know why Disney acquired 20th Century Fox. They wanted the X Men license and they wanted the Aliens and Predator license. So hence, yeah, do we trust yeah. Disney to make an Aliens movie? No, unless they follow unless they follow what the new Marvel comic has done with Aliens. Um, there's a Marvel comic series which I believe Disney had some. No, Kevin Feige has some um, ideas around, um, mm. and it sort of links them into the wider space. It brings them into Marvel, strangely enough. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange just hanging out with old fucking aliens. Don't. <laughs> if we get the multiverse of madness, then suddenly there's a xenomorph oh. pop up in there. Oh, yeah. fucking shame. <laughs> but it is a shame because I think 20th Century Fox, their, their output is, you know, they make, they obviously they're behind some of the biggest films ever made. Um, mm. You know, and obviously saying that about Disney, you would hope, though, that it's in capable hands of Disney. And maybe the fact that those are films that were already in the final um, production areas, they didn't really know how to release them either because of the pandemic. I suppose. I just think, I don't know. I I, I really think that Disney... I mean, people always want to say, like, oh, yeah, I want to see Disney buy Sony for Spider-Man and all, you know, all mm. their properties. I'm like, I don't, because I'm sick of it. <laughs> all right? Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Let them be alone. <laughs> like, it's if okay. 20th Century Fox was still a company and had been able to market the last jewel as they wanted to, mm. perhaps it would have done better, you know? But whatever. Just, I'm just, just annoyed about it. I had to yeah. get that out there. Well, it's such an important subject as well. I think it's mm. a very important subject matter, and I think it... Again, it deserves to be respected um, at the cinema as well. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm amazed actually. I was I wasn't expecting that a choice from you. That's a really um, great film. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad I've managed to surprise you. But now back onto my normal uh, my normal. Oh, <laughs> no. uh, here we go, Scooby Doo Part Five, oh, number uh, one it's, film. It's, it's... It's uh, it's Norma the North. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, don't even start. <laughs> no, my my favourite movie this year. There, there have been a lot of movies that have come out. We've had a lot of Marvel movies, which I, I want to talk about one one other movie after this, but it's not a good one. But I just want to, I kind of want to give it my worst movie of the year award. Um, and we've had uh, you know, lots of big kind of tentpole releases. But honestly, the best movie, my favourite movie from this year. Cinema release, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Holy shit, what a great film. Every single moment in that film is magic. 
and mastery of the highest cinematic order. I still haven't seen this. I really want to oh, see I this. I, can't, I, can't, I won't spoil it for you, Jamo. I won't spoil it. But this movie... They all die. This movie <laughs> is everything that Ghostbusters fans have been waiting for since that travesty came out a few years ago, right? I mean, it's not that bad. I feel like, I feel like, right, this is, this is, if you put the start of Ghostbusters Answer the Call against the, the rest of Ghostbusters Afterlife and you somehow made it work, because that opening scene of uh, Answer the Call was really good. That, that, that first scene is like classic Ghostbusters and then, and then the, the, they actually just ruin it with just trying to be hilarious when they're not at all funny. <sighs> I really hate that movie, guys. I, um, but no, <laughs> I, I think it's very um, that movie. I actually found it a little bit boring. I thought Chris Hemsworth was very funny in it. I thought his timing on some of the gags was good, but I I found it a little bit boring. That previous Ghostbusters. Hear me out, Jamo. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Right. <laughs> Hear me out. Chris yeah. Hemsworth's role in that movie is can be summed up with one sentence. Huh, I'm a hot guy who's really stupid, and I'm a, I, I'm just I just here to be objectified by these women, and be the comic relief to their comic relief. Oh, oh God! <laughs> Why does that movie exist? Why did they think? Jesus, you just idea? you just described my daily routine, my life. I what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah. Talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, just the, the cinematography is amazing. The music is perfect. Although I do wish they had used the Ghostbusters music more than they did, but you know that's fine. They used the old school kind of, you know, uh, kind of music. You know, Sorry, <laughs> what was that? You, I didn't quite catch that. <laughs> yeah, so it's, a, it's like. No, sorry, it's no, you're gonna have to do it again. Is this left over from the Halloween special? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they used all that kind of like classic, those classic sound effects and stuff. And there's just there's moments in it, I mean, made me cry in the cinema, it was amazing, mm-hmm. honestly. Just uh, what a movie! And just oh god, I want to talk about it, JMO. Okay, how dare you not? Seen it? <laughs> I, w- I will be seeing it when it comes on to, I um, think it's due on, um. Sky Movies in the next month or so. Yeah, probably. So as soon as it comes on there, I'll be watching it. So, Okay, and lastly then, my worst movie of 2021 came out last year. Managed to watch this recently with Sam. Holy shit. (laughs) I didn't think a movie could be this bad, especially not a Marvel movie, but The Eternals is one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever had to sit through in my (laughs) life. Right? Oh, my God. It's, it's very clear that we're past the point where every movie could be good now, because this pile of garbage managed to somehow make it out. Look, I know nothing it. about this film. I know nothing about. Well, you know it. what, Ben? All you need to know, all you need to know, <laughs> is that the budget for the CGI was about five pounds, and for some reason, for some reason, Jon Snow is in it, but all he acts as is just the audience in this movie. He's just us. He just asks the questions that we want to know the answers to for and 10 he's minutes. Only, yeah, he's only in the movie for like 10 minutes. Wow, that is, that's crazy. Because it's oh. meant to be the start of um, phase four of the phase MCU. Phase four. Yeah, phase I four. Was, uh, I think Shang-Chi was the start, wasn't it? Or yeah, Black which, Widow. Shang-Chi's brilliant. Yeah, um, Shang-Chi, that was great. Shang-Chi's amazing. Honestly, you know what this movie serves to do is it serves. Oh, it's just the last. It just serves to be the last ten minutes where they're like, "Well, this is coming up. 
get fucking excited for this. But the pile of garbage you just watched, I know you're hating it. <sighs> it's such a cool. It, there's cool moments in it, right? There's really cool bits. But as a whole, I've never been bored while watching Marvel film. I've never just sat there thinking, fuck, I wish I was doing something else. I did when I was watching this movie. <laughs> Don't, doesn't it like... I, I heard somewhere that uh, the Eternals in general, like, they kind of... What's the word? They kind of uh, make Thanos like... If they'd have just turned up, they could have sorted it, sort of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah but they didn't because yeah. they were told by the Celestials not to interfere on, in human affairs. Oh. I mean, what a load of old shit. But that's not just human <laughs> affairs, that's the affairs of the entire universe. Yeah. Well, they, do, they kind of explain, they do, I mean, the, the, the end result of what happens in the film does kind of be like, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Okay. Why? I don't know, and it's just—they're just the Justice League. It's all they are. It's just they—they put all these superheroes into a film and expect you to care about them immediately. Yeah, like it doesn't explain well who they are, what things they like. You don't feel attachment to them at all. No, you don't. And then you've got the Flash, you've got Gizmo, you've got Superman. They—oh my God! Somebody oh, said superman in that film they're like oh my god it's superman and i what how wait what how do they know who superman is yeah wait, that's it, it, that's a bit weird yeah because obviously yeah marvel and dc don't cross over yeah that's that's what i was just like sense. i was just yeah. like this oh don't waste your time look up okay. the end credit scenes on youtube and then move on Although I guess, I don't know, maybe, I think maybe the bad guys in the film probably will continue to be bad guys in future films. So <sighs> I'm just really angry about it. Yeah. Just really angry about yeah. it. I will be watching it because obviously I, I watch all the MCU stuff, but I've, you're not well, the yeah, first person that's on, told it? me that, yeah, that's, you're not the first person that's said. It do? I think it was 375,000. Dune. Ah, yeah, it only got forty-seven uh, percent on the yeah. on the Rotten Tomatoes. Although it's got it a seventy-eight percent audience score, so but because all the Marvel fanboys are like, oh, you're all just you don't know what film is looks like. You don't understand the cinema. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I do. Get out. <laughs> anyway, Sorry that's about my that, mate. Uh, that's yeah. my movie memoir. Yeah. So uh, who wants to go Excellent. next? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, because my, my um, top two kind of follow on quite nicely from then. So, so we just mentioned Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi would have been my second best film that I've seen this year. and But I kind of wanted to put the films that I've been to the cinema to see in my top two, because I, I've missed going to the cinema. And I think watching films at the cinema is something very special and unique, and you don't know how much you miss it until you can't actually do it. So, um, agreed. My number two film is Spider Man No Way Home. And (laughs) I, so the reason why this is number two is there's a couple of reasons actually. Let's start with the fact that this film, the amount of, um, they were trying to keep so many things secret about the film and obviously there were you know obviously the a few of the actors that tried to keep things secret and tried to put people off the scent but people were still had it in their mind that something may happen in this film regarding certain characters um 
the thing that I love about it is the fact that if we compare it with Spider-Man 3, for example, um, that was fell apart under the weight of its promise and what, what all the characters that were going to be in that film. Whereas No Way Home, I was worried before going to see it that how could they possibly pull this off in a Tom Holland Spider-Man film with, you know, with the amount of characters that were in the cast, how could they even pull this off to make it a film that was even going to be able to join together? Plus, you have the multiverse side of things with the Doctor Strange aspects. I was sort of going in with a little bit of um, interpretation, if that's the word. I wasn't expecting it to all gel together so well. And it really does gel together um well it's it's got everything a great like blockbuster film should have it's got a good story it's got good characters it's got some amazing lines and especially um i mean everyone knows he's in it now but especially william defoe he he is absolutely stand out he is phenomenal and the fact of they actually you know how they they develop. They actually develop him as a character in the film, and mm-hmm. you think of the screen mm-hmm. time he has, yeah, and the f- development. You feel sorry for him, yeah. And then all of a sudden, we know that obviously the goblin is is plays a massive part in it, and it just. I think it's a when when things happen in the film, there's a payoff for it because you've actually gone along and because they've developed the characters within a film that's full of characters. Mm. Um, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock, okay, he doesn't have the same character um, development as Goblin, but he still has a very good um, development. It's great to see him back as well. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, it was good to kind of... Spoilers, isn't it? I'm trying to avoid going too deep, yeah. Yeah, I don't it's think good we can. To, it's good to see the arc of his character go where I wanted it to go all yeah. along. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the great thing. There is, it could have been really disappointing, but again, the screen time he gets is important screen time within the story of the film, and I, how they pulled that off is remarkable. Yeah. The middle of the film, where, at the middle of the film, it's it does what any great action blockbuster does in that it does things with characters that you probably could have seen coming, but you didn't want to happen. Yeah. And then these things happen and it, mm. it brings, you know, it's, I was in the cinema and I was, I was like, look at a cost. Cause obviously um, little G was with me as well. And we watched it together and we're both looking at, and I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm crying in a Spider-Man film. And then, yeah, and then obviously little G is next to me and he's just like <laughs> looking at the screen and I'm like, oh my God. But then after that bit as well, the film gets better. So normally mm. with big blockbusters, those bits are the, um, those bits, the peak, aren't they? they're the peak. Mm. But that's the middle of the film and it is exactly that. It actually yeah. develops Tom Holland's Spider-Man even more. And the second half of the film is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the way that everything and the ending of the film, the yeah. uh, without going too far, the scenes in the last five ten minutes before the titles roll are really do develop Tom Holland's do you know what? character. It's so clever. Yeah. Now 
spoiler alert for my own list, this is my number one movie. Yeah, same of the year. Oh, um, guys, wow! I think the thing that I love the most about it um, is the fact that I actually went. I came out of this film thinking, "Wow, like that that Tom Holland is now Spider Man for me." Yeah, he he did his best performance in this in this film. He did like his his character went through the hardships that he should be going through as a Spider Man. Like, he hasn't gone through this sort of stuff. You know, he's. I think that's the 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 um, the sort of uh, uh, criticisms that people have had of the MCU Spidey is that he's basically been having Tony Stark hold his hand the whole time and giving him all his his tech and yeah. you know and they said oh we're not going to do it we're not going to do an origin story for Tom Holland's Spider Man you know when when he when, you know when they announced he was going to be in Civil War they said no we're not going to do a we're not going to do an origin story we're not going to you know because everybody knows it but what and then when you when you when those that last scene happens and the credits start rolling, I was sat there and I was like, "Oh my god, that's so clever!" These three films plus you know the movies he was in yeah. in the in the MCU, that is his origin story. Yeah, right. yeah. Like right. This is that was his origin story, and 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 you can see like, "Oh my god, they've done this." That what well, the way the film ends, they've done this to be like, "Oh my god, yeah, this is his origin story." He's now. He's almost starting now, and it's like, oh my god! Like, what? Where are they going to take him now? That's what I love yeah. about this film. Other than all the all the returning villains and and the 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 nods to 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 just the Spider Man film franchise. Yeah, it's and like you said, making the bringing the villains back and making them. And developing them more. I mean, obviously, we get more time with certain villains, like you said, with Green, basically, mostly with Green Goblin and Electro. Those are the two that we probably get the most yeah, yeah. screen time with. Yeah. I found it was quite. I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but maybe it's because I've watched the other films so much. Mm. Um, when, um, whenever the Lizard and yeah. um, Sandman yeah. are. In their human form, let's say, yeah, they're they're from the other films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did anyone else notice that they were just mm-hmm. clipped from the other films? Like, because obviously, because I, I I just wonder if they've aged a lot. Yeah, maybe. They're yeah. Like, well, actually, yeah, we've got yeah. we've got to you know. Yeah. Whereas Jamie Fox, you know, hasn't really changed because obviously yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Two was wasn't too long 2016 ago. Sixteen came out the same yeah. year as Force Willem- Awakens. Willem Dafoe just doesn't age, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so, and and I think a special mention has to go to to Jamie Foxx's Electro. I think yeah. he he actually did a really good performance as well. Um, I liked that he came in with a bit more attitude, yeah. and they gave him his body back. And I liked the explanation as to why he got his body back in when yeah. he, when he, when he yeah. was here. Yeah. He wasn't blue anymore. I really liked because yeah. it you know because of you know all of that. So. I think they they did so well with all the villains. I think you know the lizard obviously got the least. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I do. There. I do quite like and that. The, you still get some Reese to Ethan's at yeah, one moment, yeah. which is fine, but not enough to make him understand. Yeah. Not make um, a big part. I think. I think what maybe was what, what they maybe should have or could have done is 
is actually maybe have one of Tom Holland's villains, maybe have the Vulture, and then at least you have got, um, you know, at least you have got another yep. actor that hasn't aged loads, and they can because that, that 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 really stood out to me. Like, I can't remember the name of the guy who plays Sandman, but like, they literally, you know, when you see him in his real per, is as his real. You know, they they have him as sand for the most of the film, yeah, but then you yeah, can't yeah, see him. Yeah, and it's yeah. just it's just like the first scene that he's in in Spider Man Three that, but they've just rewound. Yeah, he is. It's a shame because in Spider Man Three, he he's the best character in Spider Man Three by miles. Yeah. Um, and obviously, in you know, he had a lot of development time in that film, but in this one, he's hardly in it. And that was my only. I think that was one of my only disappointments because i like sandman's character yeah. in spider-man 3 yeah, but they they were able to to get away with it a little bit because obviously they got him to to maybe send do do a voiceover for yeah. like when he's the sandman and yeah. they can just keep him as a, as you know in his sand form yeah yeah um but obviously yeah so that's the only sort of couple of little gripes i maybe had with it with the film as i sort of noticed that and we but i i just think like you said, with Spider-Man three as a as a comparison with a film that is bloated by villains in Spider-Man three, yeah, this film is bloated by villains, but they do it so well and they concentrate on the villains that you know it made it made sense, yeah, because you know, really you know Lizard was there to to, add up, to bring up the numbers and and so was Sandman really, yeah, you know, yeah. To, to, so I really I just loved it and 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 I came out. You know, we we went and saw it. Me and Will saw, saw it together, and I just, it just, it just, I just felt so giddy afterwards. I was like, oh, that's just like, that's just one of the best Spider-Man films. You it know, is- yeah. And you know what? As well, you know what is amazing. That so, there's a character that appears in the end credit scenes. That is obviously the end credit scenes follow on from the end credit scenes of yeah. yeah and they could quite have easily risen to what audiences wanted with that character. And yeah. they don't. And what happens is the end credits scene for that character, I think, is even better than if that character had been in the main film. I'm torn on it. I must admit, I'm a bit torn on it because I thought, like, oh, they are going to be involved. Oh, oh, what? Oh, okay then. They're not. Right, I, so what was the point? I think there's a. I think that character will turn up in. Because what's happened is there's characters within this film that all of a sudden the books reopened on them again. So yeah. I think that said character will appear in a reopening. Yeah. yeah. And okay. I think it yeah. will be because let's say that character doesn't really mold well with Tom Holland's Spider Man. So it would have to be another character yeah, in another that's multiverse. True. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow, I didn't give it. That's great. I, I I can't believe I managed to say that without saying said character. So um, yeah, but I think it's um, I think it's very like you say, very clever what they did. Um, yeah, mm. Sam, did you want to say anything as well? Oh yeah, it was just really nostalgic for me. Most mm-hmm. of all, um, I went to see it by myself in the theater, and I just sat there sniffling. And just like wanting to just be like, yes, like, <laughs> like when Doctor Octavius is like, "Hello, Peter," and you know, just <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. That scene, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it I was my just... favorite. Oh, sorry. Go sorry. ahead. 
Oh, I just my favourite scene was probably just uh, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh my god! I can't yeah. believe they did that, and it was so yeah. amazing, and I loved it, and I laughed so much. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I sat there and like did the whole you know Leo DiCaprio picture where he's like pointing. That yeah, was yeah. I was like, he said it. He said it. Yeah. I tell you what. I mean, I I could just sit here and talk about Willem Dafoe for the for the rest of the podcast. I just think he was incredible. But that there was there, there was this there's this fight scene. The, oh yes, you know, the fight scene yes. between. Yeah. My yep. God, it's one of the most brutal fight scenes that we've seen in the mcu yeah. and it's in close quarters as well yeah yeah and like, it's, it's it's really not this isn't really spoiler you know it's the, you know they're going to be fighting so yeah. it's so, so it's yeah. you know it's not a spoiler at all for people that haven't seen it but there's just this bit where like he's like spider-man's like punching him in the face and like and, he, and he's just taking it and he's just laughing and laughing yeah. and laughing yeah. like, and it's just like oh my god willem defoe you are just you are just the goblin yeah. Like you could not yeah. have anyone else as the Green Goblin. He's stealing it, stealing the yeah. film the from Spider Man. Yeah. I think it was better that he wasn't wearing his helmet and like yes. wearing the hood yep. because yep. it was like how yep. it's supposed to be in the comics. Yep, I loved that. So you and you got to see his face and it just added to the madness of the Green Goblin. Yep. You got to see the facial expressions and yep. just how exactly. insane. Exactly. Yeah. Seeing his facial expressions and seeing the insanity rather than that really weird mask you know yeah. mask which doesn't really you know i liked that his suit changed a bit and there was a reason behind it and you know he looked more like he would fit in the mcu you know the, the yeah. old suit was a little bit campy a little bit I you know suit, oh yeah don't get me wrong it's it's it's, it's great <laughs> as it is but it's it's really like you would they would not design it that way now you know it's not it's just I a suppose. bit campy isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my number two, and obviously it's Ben's number one and Sam's yeah, number one. Yeah. So I would like to go to my number one film. Um, I'm sure we'll come back to Spider-Man again at some point. Um, but um, my number one film, and it's funny because it's funny you mentioned the Eternals because I went to this. I had a day off work, and I booked the cinema to go and see this film on my own in a nice big screen cinema at about. 11 o'clock in the morning and, so fucking jealous, aren't you? and it was the first so eternals <laughs> opened on the same day that i went to see this on my own at the cinema and my favorite film this year has been june i absolutely loved it i brought into it so much the fact that i remember i was i remember when the original june film came out in the 80s i was still young at the time but i remember it and i remember oh, yeah. watching it I think 1986, the original June came out, so I must have been about nine or ten. Oh, I thought you were older than that. Uh, oh, brilliant. <laughs> There's a compliment, <laughs> eh? I was yeah. just kidding, Daniel. I, I, I had a bit of humour in there. That's all right. That's cool. I, I, you know what? I still haven't got any grey hairs yet. So, I but, know. I know. I'm still keeping it. <laughs> anyway, so we watched, I watched June. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. That's okay. That's Ben's mute. gone. He's I'm just going to mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll shut up now. Go no, on, Jamo. No, it's fine. It's funny. Um, so, anyway, I um, yeah, I thought June was incredible. And the fact that they've done it, they split it over two films. Firstly, because of the size of this film, I wanted to see it in the cinema. I didn't want to watch it on TV through, like, a streaming service. 
I felt I had to. I felt compelled to go to the cinema to see it, even if it was going to disappoint. I had to go to the cinema to see it. The amazing thing of this film is they've actually got time to, again, like we're saying with Spider-Man, because there's so much going on, and you've got all these different factions and families warring. Because remember, the original book was written way before the first ever Star Wars film made it to the cinema. So hence, you could say that Star Wars took ideas from Frank Herbert's Dune book. Oh, it definitely did. Um, So the aspects, what's always been a difficult thing of this, to put this onto film, is the fact that you've got so many different factions and families that it's kind of the same thing as Game of Thrones, but in a space opera. Um, and it's obviously all dueling over spice, which is the um, mineral that helps um, space travel in this um, in this universe. Um, I thought again because the characters had time to develop, the story was so well told, um, the actual the the size and scale of this film is enormous. I kind of put it on the same level as the first three Lord of the Rings films, you know, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers and Return of the King. The actual scale of watching them in the cinema, um, I compare with this film. I thought the scale and the size of it and the sound was phenomenal. And funnily enough, the guy that made this this version of June also made um, Blade Runner 2049, which is one of my favourite films from the past five years. I actually rewatched it again over Christmas because it was on TV. And there's stuff that he did in that film that obviously he takes, you know, the size of that film's huge as well, but he works with the sound and generates scenes from the sound and the visuals. And June does that. And I can't, I just thought it was phenomenal. It was an amazing experience to see it at the cinema. Um, and it's where it, as a film, I think it's where it needs to be seen. Um, and that's why it's my number one. Thanks, Jamie. Have you um, have you read the book? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't think I'd. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'd, I'd still be reading it now if I started it way back in nineteen eighty six. I bought it, and um, I haven't had the time to read it, but I've been like, maybe I'll try to make some time this weekend. Because <laughs> there's loads of Good. books as well. The, the, the there actual is books. Yeah, and there's a the lot. film, JMO, the film only covers half of the first book. Yeah. I know that much at least. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't seen it yet uh, still uh, because I really want to see it in IMAX, but then Shitty Eternals came out two weeks <laughs> after June came out and uh, they, they got all the IMAX screens. Totally, mm. totally cool about that. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. What, what that, that, it that's the real reason you world? hate Eternals. Was it, yeah. was it fucking worth yeah. in a world? That trash? Honestly, though, it, it 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 wasn't a good time. <laughs> okay, so uh, Sam, what's your uh, number two then? I guess. Um, Shang Chi. Film, yeah, awesome. Um, I really, I don't know. It's. I knew what I was gonna say, but every time you put me on the spot, you're like Sam. <laughs> I really liked the the whole movie throughout because, like, while while he's having to fight a villain, like it's it's like a it's like a family related matter too, you know. Um, it made me cry. God, 
don't know what I was gonna uh, say. I, My mind went blank. I totally I'm thinking agree. about Spider-Man still. <laughs> Jang Chi is a great, you know, the story because it's their family. Um, yeah. Some of those scenes at the beginning, you know, it's it takes and it almost takes influence from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in those scenes at the start of the films. Some of the fight, the fight scenes in there, because they're very well choreographed martial arts scene. It's the first time that something like this has been in the MCU, and yes, yeah, some of the the scenes and the, again the characters are amazing. Especially the yeah. way the second half of the film goes, because it goes somewhere you're not expecting it. It goes into a fantasy world, and you're not expecting it to right. turn out like that. And it's just—it's it's so pretty. Like yeah. my favorite part of the whole movie was when the dragon came to help. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. Like that whole that whole huge fight scene to me was like the best oh, best part. Yeah, those dragons look amazing as well. There's and like I think. Oops, sorry. Yeah, go on. I think that this is my favourite Marvel movie of the year because it didn't need connections with previous films. Right, you know, right. Obviously, obviously, it kind of it kind of goes on a bit from Iron Man three, and they bring back probably one of the best characters. In the yeah, that, yeah. I was not expecting him to turn oh, up. That's brilliant when he just turns up. He's there. I know. He's just there. He's yeah, just he's just there. there. Yes. That was so great, and then, but it's just it, it. This is the only film this year, in my opinion, that has really moved the Marvel universe forward, mm-hmm. you know, in its storytelling, mm-hmm. because it, it tells its own story, which is really important. Because I feel like we're getting too many Marvel films that uh, kind of don't push, that don't tell their own story. You know, they're all reliant. Yeah. Spider Man was quite reliant on previous things. Black Widow was also reliant on previous, previous things. Eternals is just kind of a beige looking wall that you can just watch the paint dry on but shang chi it has this it it just does it you know it just takes this character introduces you to them and then goes with it and you you care about them already and it's just it's great i love it and also the end credit scene really is like probably the best end credit scene oh god yeah uh, with um dr strange's um guy the guy from yeah yeah one oh is it one I can't remember yes, his name. Is, yeah, so. he's yeah. The way that that is brilliant, and he's in it a couple of times as well in the film. Mm. And he's so he's he's got some good um, put downs, you know, deadpan stuff. <laughs> he's really good. It's just, uh, yeah, I I I, I like Spider Man, but I kind of I don't know. I think Shang Chi is better. <laughs> yeah, it did, it did feel like it was all its own. Like it had mm. the connection at the end, and you know, and the, but it was it was its own thing. I think I love there's another there's a couple of great great fight scenes in there but I like the bit on the side of the building on the scaffolding I've never seen anything like that in all the time of watching like because I, I used to watch loads of um Tokyo cinema martial arts films you know like the old Jackie Chan films before we went to Hollywood and like some of the fight scenes in those are amazing but the stuff in Shang-Chi was equal to those films. The bit when they're fighting on the scaffolding on the side of the building and all the, um, they're like ninjas coming at him. They're amazing. It's an amazing scene. I just, it looks so good. And like when they, when they were fighting on the bus and like his friend realized that like, yeah, that's he actually fight. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. funny, that scene as well. There's some really good bits with people on their camera phones recording it and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. 
I just think great acting, great storytelling, just a good, uh, probably the best Marvel film since, you know, Avengers uh, Endgame. I think it was actually, in the, I would put it in the League of the Guardians of Galaxy film. I thought it was quite l- very light-hearted as well. To yeah, that it, was re- it was really funny. Yeah. That's something that Eternals didn't have. Like, the, the attempts at comedy were so cringy, and it was just like, it didn't have that, that like, feel good that, you know, at least in some parts of Marvel movies, there's there's some comedic relief, but... I just think really Marvel needs to get off this path where it's reliant so much on cameos and you yeah. know, other characters from other places. Like, I get it. It's a shared universe. But, like, we don't always need that, you know? And also, mm-hmm. also, also, Marvel have this problem, again, like in The Eternals, where these big, horrific events happen and it's only the characters in the movie that come to, like, save the, the thing like Doctor yeah. Strange is just relaxing on a beach somewhere just oh, I don't care about this whereas in, in Shang-Chi there was a reason for that no other heroes to really know about it yeah you yeah. know there was right. a very clear reason why it would just be them so well yeah yeah nice I guess that's going to be the problem isn't it it's going to yeah that's, that's just going to happen the more heroes that you add like yeah I guess Doctor Strange was in another universe at that time or he was you know he just <laughs> I think sometimes you have to think, well, you know, they're not turning up because if they did turn up, then this film would just be completely overbloated with just, you know. Yeah. I just hope they multi. I hope in the Doctor Strange multiverse madness, I hope they close the multiverse. I think as good as it, I think that would be a way to stop the cameos coming in. I just no, think I think the multiverse thing is heavily like they're trying to get the Fantastic Four in, and they're trying to get the X-Men in somehow, yeah. and this is how they do it. Yeah. It just it just keeps branching out, though, and then, like, yeah. pretty soon it's just going to be hard to keep things straight. Like, yeah. what, what is going on? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Cool yeah. beans. So oh, ben, was, oh, oh, oh! Just okay. a quick one. As we talk about multiverse, <laughs> and going back to Spider-Man just before Ben, did you notice the other Marvel character that appears in Spider-Man in, within the first ten minutes or so? Yes. Very cool. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, it's not not for very long, but it's a nice little. Yes, they they could turn up a bit more. I think I might have missed that part because, like, I was actually late to get in to see the movie because there was a line a mile long to get tickets. (laughs) So I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'll cut it. I'll cut this out. I'll cut this out. Uh, Fifty-three seconds. It's Daredevil. Oh, yeah, he's the lawyer. Solicitor's well, lawyer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It is pretty near the start, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's the yeah. lawyer that they're talking to in um, their apartment at the very bit of the near the beginning. He catches the stone that goes through the window. That's it. Or is it a baseball? Someone's chucks through. Or brick. It's a brick. It's a brick. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, cool. Nice. Ben, what was your number two? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, I feel a bit weird just moving away from the MCU now. You know, I know what's yeah, wrong. Indoctrinated <laughs> fanboy. I know, right? Um, I mean, I've really not. I mean, I've watched a lot of films this year, but not films that have come out this year. You know, yeah, that's my problem. I think. Yeah, like, I th- like there was like there's only one other film that I can even remember that I enjoyed that I know would came came out this year. I was like, oh, you know, that was a quite a nice film. I guess, I guess I'll give that a little a little mention. 
Um, it was yeah, it's cool. a Apple TV um, exclusive, I think, or was made by Apple oh, TV. This, it's... this man can afford Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't bloody pay for it. Um, <laughs> it's a Finch. You heard of this? Seen this? The Tom Hanks film. No, I, I've seen it online, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's. <sighs> The thing with this film, right, so it's a it's a film about Tom Hanks's character and he is uh, in a post-apocalyptic world. Now, this is what I'm trying to, was about to say about this film. It doesn't necessarily do anything new and it is a, it is a very uh you know, <laughs> I think I think filmmakers are running out of ideas a little bit with like themes that they can, you know, how many post post-apocalyptic films can we have? But this film I, is. I, Go ahead, Sam. I was just gonna say I would take them all. I love post-apocalyptic films. I do as well. <laughs> but it gets to a point where you start seeing like overlaps, and you start seeing like like space films. I remember we were talking about this in a few podcasts ago. Like, I don't know how many more space astronaut type esque films I can. Yeah, you're right. Though. Like, you know, there's just so many now, um, and I guess post-apocalyptic is is one of those. But I guess you've got to have a uh, an interesting story to, to sort of to sort of to sort of carry it. Um, and it's it's basically Tom Hanks is basically the only human character in this film. So, like I said before on other podcasts, I do like a small story. I like a little contained. I like a little a little small story with with few characters. Um, it's a story about Tom Hanks, who is um, some sort of engineer, and he's like living in a in an old abandoned power plant or something, or an old place. Not a power plant. It's like an engineering facility um, that he used to work at, and he's the only person that's that's there. And the the the, the premise behind the the post apocalypse, or the apocalypse, I should say, is um, that we basically screwed up the environment, and the ozone layer is like. I think they say in the in the film it's like Swiss cheese. So like there's like pockets of like um, yeah. huge radiation. So you can't really go out during the day because you'll get basically cooked alive. Um, mm. And he's in this place and he's building a robot um, to look after his. <laughs> it sounds really super when you when you say it out loud. But he's making a robot to basically look after his dog. Um, I do it. Yeah, and um, it's basically a film about him, this robot, and the dog, and it's 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 one of those really feel good films. That's it's kind of like an all encompassing like film. It, it literally does everything. It will make you laugh. It'll make you cry. Make you happy. Make you sad. Um, it's just a nice little film. It's just a nice little film about these these three <laughs> characters and um, the guy. Uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who voices the robot, uh, Caleb Landry Jones, I think his name is. Yeah, that's him. Um, is amazing. Like he he does he does this really like childlike. The, the robot is very childlike because it's just it's just you know getting used to the world, and it's basically like Tom Hanks's character like trying to um, handhold this this robot that he's made that you know who, who is so excited about life, and it and it keeps making mistakes because you know it keeps putting them into danger um so it's quite an endearing story in that respect and it, it, and it and it it just it's just a nice film and you can't really go wrong with a tom hanks film you know you're always, you're always going to get a solid seven out of ten at least yeah, yeah with well, a tom hanks film we were watching castaway the other week 
yeah. we've sat watching that. It's still brilliant. I tell you what, there is there is there 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 are some similarities here. You know, you've got Tom Hanks on his own, and he has his you know he has his robot like his yeah. Wilson. You know, it's it's yeah. there there are some some parallels. Um, I just think it was a it was a it was a really nice film, and and when it finished, we were, we we all sat there and we said, oh, that was really good. That was a really nice film. You know, so yeah. that was that was that was the only film this that that probably came out this year that I could say, yeah, I guess that's probably that's probably it. And then obviously, like I said, number one is Spider Man: No Way Home. I mean, I can't, I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't get rid of that feeling of how incredible I felt after coming out of it, yeah. and um, how I thought, you know, I, I would, was thinking about it for weeks weeks afterwards. So, yeah, yeah. So there we go. There we go. Film is done. Done. And it only took... A one hour. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, An hour per minutes. subject, yeah. 50 minutes. Yeah, 50 oh, minutes. Man. That's good. Okay, so next up we're talking about our favourite games of, uh, of last year. Who wants to go first? Ben. Hi. Hey. I <laughs> you out of the hat. Hi. Hey. I like video games. <laughs> Do you like playing video games? I do. Good. Tell us. Tell us about them. Well, video games. You get a, a console and then you play. <laughs> <laughs> How do you play the games? With, with your thumbs. <laughs> oh my god! Alter <laughs> ego. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yes, sorry. Yeah, multiple personality <laughs> disorders. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, video games. There were some. Uh, there were some video games last year, weren't there? Just a couple. Just a there few. There were. There were. I mean, again, it's another one of those years for me, similar to the movies, where I played a lot of games that didn't come out this year. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Although I guess technically, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Did come out last year, Maybe but like, that's right? Does it? Well, I don't. Yeah, I think so. I think a number of people have had, uh, especially in the gaming press side, have had legendary yeah. edition. In yeah. Their but I've played that series like fifty thousand times before it came out this year. So <laughs> last year, so you know, I, I I'm not going to talk about it, but I'll give it an honor, honorable mention. Yeah, honorable you know, mention, yeah. Yeah. give it an honorable mention. Um, you know, and, and and even like stuff like I went back and I tried to to actually properly finish Dark Souls two because I've actually never finished it, oh. and I stopped them because I got distracted. Remember, uh, I mentioned that I was playing that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and obviously Animal Crossing had the new expansion, so yeah, you know, I've been stuff. It's just you know, um, so I, I have got two two games to talk about though, um, one of which I have already talked about on the podcast, so I'll go over it quite quickly. Um, so, like my 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 silver medal, so to speak, goes to the medium. Um, mm. I spoke about this before. Um, uh, the dual reality sort of spooky Silent Hill esque game that came out uh, a few months ago. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. linked to a few other games, isn't it? Yeah. So um, again, like I said before on one of the other podcasts, it was such a nice. Um, surprise of a game to play you know I wasn't expecting much from it I played it on Game Pass and it was it gave me that Silent Hill itch 
Um, I loved the dual reality gameplay that they did where the main character is um, a medium who can um, go between the spirit world and the, and, and, and the real world and the interaction she had with the ghosts and, and just the design of the spirit world as well. It was very similar to sort of the, the other reality in Silent Hill. And yeah, it was, it was a nice surprise and it had an excellent story, excellent characters and it was it was great and i'm not going to go too crazy about talking about it again because i already did um but one game i have not talked about before because i only really started playing it like at the end of last year like literally like maybe the last week of december i started playing it and i was like yep this is my game of the year now Mm. um quite easily is monster hunter rise um I was a huge fan of Monster Hunter World when it came out. I played the shit out of it on PS4, sold my copy, got it on PC, played the shit out of it on PC as well. Um, and Rise of uh, has actually just come out on PC as well, hasn't it? I think yeah, it, came out yeah. this week um, as yeah, we were recording. Week. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I've been playing it on my Switch um, again. Just I just look at my Switch now and I think that's the greatest gamers console I think I've ever bought. Um, I just, I'm in love with it. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, uh, Rise, it's, it's, it's world, but with some extra tweaks. Um, it's, it's basically, even, even when you start the game, you get into the tutorial. Um, I even got the impression that the game expects that you've already played Monster Hunter World and it's just telling you mostly about all the new features um and that's fine and i I wanted more world i um and 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 to be to be fair i really like the new things that they've added um and how they've 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 actually changed how the gameplay loop works a little bit with like um the spirit bugs yeah bugs um i really like the wire bug stuff that they've added um yeah when you get to ride when you ride like the monsters (laughs) Change the riding them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoy that. You're you can you can fight whilst you can fight with the monster that you've mounted rather than just attacking it with a dagger yeah. like you did in yeah. World. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I like the the fact that every weapon now has its own spear bug move. Yeah. Um, is it called like switch or, or is it? no no no? So there's yeah there's their own moves with spear bugs and there's also now switch skills. Is it? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah so you switch can... skills. Yeah. Um, so some, some additional moves for, for every weapon. Um, I really like that again, that they've, they've made it so that I can literally pick this up and I, I, and that's the, what I did. I went, picked up my insect glaive, went to the training area and I was like, yep, they haven't changed the move set at all. I can just take everything I knew from world and I can just go back in. Mm. Um, but I like that they did, but because of that, because there's not really anything new about the weapons, they added the switch skills. They added the wire bug moves, so it did make it feel like there was some additional stuff uh, for you to play with. Um, I like that the buddy system is really a lot more in depth now. So you have your palicos and also now your palamutes. Yep, yep. Um, they are really. There's a good training area for them as yeah. well. So yeah. the fact you can build up an army of palamutes and yeah. palicos, you I, can. I really like that. Yeah. That now, whereas in World, you had your one palico. That you would, you know, you would just give them new gear and stuff, but that was them. That was, you know, you only had that one. Now in Rise, 
I like that you ha- you can have a different palico for a different role, or you can you know you can you can train up one palico to do maybe um, healing abilities, one palico to do assisting support abilities. I really like that, um, and then obviously the palamutes um, are a nice addition as well because I think real realistically they're they're mainly there as like a a bona fide horse. You know, yeah. the, 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 you can get around the maps nice and quickly yeah. by riding them, um, and they obviously do a lot of damage to the monster in in combat as well. Yeah. Um, but they're not as they're not as fleshed out, I would say, as the palicos are. But I think they're still a really cool addition. Um, yeah, it's just more it's more Monster Hunter, and I've I've just been playing the shit out of it. I absolutely just I love the thing. I know when I'm having a good time in a game mm. like this. Because I'll look and see my list, my list of quests, and my list of side quests, and my list of optional quests, and, my, and and all of these different quests and all these things. And I look at it, and rather than sitting there thinking, "Oh my god, I've got to do all of these," I'm like, "Oh, excellent! I've got all of these quests that I've got to do, and I yeah. can just do. I can take my time. I can play this for ages now. I don't have to worry about this game ending." Um, yeah, it's. I've, I've still got so much to do. I must have played maybe 40 or 50 hours of it. Now I've done, and... I've done 40, 40 hours. And yeah. the, um, funnily enough, it's my number one game as well. So that yeah. kills two birds of one stone. Yeah. Will, there we go. We're speeding oh, up this podcast. But, um, what I will say as well, just following up on Ben as well, you know what I like about this as well? You can get with your Palamutes and your Palicos, you can actually get, you can actually get armor from the monsters. Whereas before you had set armor sets for them in this one, you actually, again, when you hunt and defeat the monsters, you do get your armor sets. You could choose to build the armor for yourself, or you can build the armor for your palamutes and pelicos. And it really adds more depth to, because when you get to like the real big bosses, like the Magnema, Am I saying that right? Magnamalo. Uh, Magnamalo. Yeah. You need your palamutes. If you're playing it offline, you need your palamutes because they will distract it. And they can, you can actually set what sort of abilities they have, and they just do it automatically. Their behavior as well, like how they yeah. act in combat. Yeah. yeah. it's. I really like how in-depth the buddy system is and the fact that you can send them out on... I like it. I love how it's called meow, meow scenario yeah. missions. And, <laughs> That's good, um, isn't it? Um, and obviously train them and send them out in little submarines to get to get um, your supplies and stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just added a diff- a, a, another layer onto it that it just makes it more engaging. And, and actually, you know, you've got you got you know, I think it's what is it like five or six different classes for the yep. palicos and then yep. there's obviously all the different weapons that the palamutes can be equipped with um so yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun i love i love being back in that gameplay loop i love the gameplay loop of monster hunter i love going out on a hunt hunting a hunting a monster you know uh, finding out what it's weak against finding out um which parts to try and attack, you know, whether I should attack the tail or the head or the, or the front limbs or back limbs, whether, whether you should, um, you know, what items you should take with you, you know, having, having missions where you, you go out and you collect your items. I love that gameplay loop. loop. It's so rewarding. Um, and like, 
and capturing them, how how different it is to 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 just yep. killing them is going and trying to capture them instead. It's a lot harder. I just, you know, I can't. You can't, in my opinion, you can't go wrong with a monster hunter. I think the only, you know, negative thing I could say about it is for 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 a newcomer, I don't. I just think it's it's a lot because, um, like, you know, I I didn't I didn't buy this game. My girlfriend gave it to me because she bought it. And she just couldn't get on with it. She'd never played a Monster Hunter before, and she was saying, "Like, um, I just, I was just, I was just met with these walls of text, and I just could not take it all in." And I, and 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 I was sort of sitting there playing it myself and thinking, "Yeah, it's there's there's a lot that is thrown at the player right at the start." And again, like I said, it it, it does treat the player like you have already played a Monster Hunter as well. I think I I was. You know, I, I went into it and I pretty much knew exactly what I was doing other than the new systems. Yeah. Um, but that's the only thing I would say. It's, 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 it takes a lot of time, a lot of reading and a lot of practice, you know, learning all your moves, learning, you know, the game doesn't tell you at all that you should go, that, that really, as someone who's played Monster Hunter, I know you should go off as soon as you start playing the game, go off to the training area and try out all the weapons and try out all the movesets and see which one you like because it doesn't tell you to go and do that it a lot of people don't realize that there are other weapons that you can go and pick you know you're just given that long sword at the start and everyone thinks that that's that's what that's, that's just what you should be doing when you're when you're a new player so there's some things that they could obviously improve maybe in the next one to help it be a little bit more less like oh i've just got to read this wall of text to try and figure out what the hell this means maybe integrate these systems yeah in more of a tutorial-esque way rather than just text and they do do that a bit with like the the wyvern riding and stuff and you know they, they, they take you to to the arena a few times to show you how things work in in an actual hunt but that's that's it really i think it's yeah it's a uh it's another great addition to the to the monster hunter universe and i i i can't I'm just so excited for for where the series is going to go and and just playing more because I just want more and I and I'm and it's and it's keeping me glued to my switch again which is always dangerous. Yeah, it is it's a really dangerous thing. What what I will say you mentioned about the training menus. I I do think though in defense I do think the training menus are better this time than they've ever been so i know it's difficult to get on with if you've never been in monster hunter games before but i do think that this one gives you a little bit more help in hand uh, i said it i think way back in the april we did a media memos and i was talking about it and i did say that it was it was a lot more user friendly than Monster Hunter has been before, but then Monster Hunter has never been user friendly. No, no. it's never. It's always been about taking time to get used to it. Um, yeah, and I think the, it needs to tell you that. Yeah, because as some, like I said, as someone who knows how to play the game, my first advice to someone would be: right, you need to go and you need to just practice before you go and hunt anything. Go and practice. Go and get used to the game, get used to the systems. And then when you've got that down, you will then get that, you will get the Monster Hunter bug. You'll be like, oh, actually, yeah, I can see this gameplay loop. Now I do this and this, and then I go and hunt the monster, and then I, I get these rewards. And then maybe, oh, if I hunt this monster a few times, I might be able to get the whole armor set. I might be able to get this weapon or that weapon. I'd love that loop. And then that, that's, what, that's what grabs people, I think, with these games, is the yeah. gameplay loop and 
the um you know the the fact that all the monsters feel like they're a they're a new challenge because they've added a few new like sort of damage not damage types but new sort of effects mm. um like like um like there's the, I, I, I just fought one last night. It's got it like shoots loads of bubbles and stuff. Oh and yeah, and it and... it basically it poisons you, but it makes you sort of wobble around and stuff yeah, like exactly. that, so, so you can't actually move properly. Yeah, I think the game just needs to tell a new player that you need to just spend some time, just 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 take your time with this game. You're not going to get it straight away, but you need to at least know your basic combos for the weapon that you like and then you'll have a good time because for a lot of people they're just going to sit they're going to go into that first fight and they're just going to mash on the x button and be like oh but i'm just getting knocked over every time you know whereas someone like me who absolutely loves the insect glaive because of its maneuverability its agility you can yeah. basically do loads of aerial combat you know that's so much fun to me whereas someone who someone who picks up that insect glaive and doesn't really practice with it, they might not know that you can do all those aerial moves and if you get this buff on the kinsect and that buff on the kinsect, then you can do these extra moves. And it's 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 obviously for people that like that as well. Yeah. You know, you have to be willing, I guess, to to it's got a it's got a steep learning curve. But then when you get it, you are in. Like and it's it's just so rewarding, I think. I think that's what's what, what, the, what a lot of people yeah, love about those it. Those battles are huge. Like when you take down a massive Rathian and then you've and you'll be on a map and there'll be a Rathian, which is like a big fire breathing dragon. Yeah. And you'll be in a map with a Rathian and there will be like a stone Rathian in the same map. And all of a sudden you'll be fighting the Rathian. The stone Rathian will come into the area that you're in. And then all of a sudden, you're fighting two big monsters that are actually fighting each other. They're fighting each other. One of them gets knocked out, and then you can ride that one and yeah. start using that one yeah. and start fighting with it. It's so, it's so cool, mm. and it's. I like that they changed that about the wyvern riding. It was a bit, um, you know, before it was just like I'm just going to mount it and start stabbing it with my little dagger. Yeah, it was just a bit, a bit naff. Will you put your hand up? I have. I've I've got I've got to put a stop to you. Twenty minutes. Right. Cool. I've got I've got to... done. <laughs> that's it. That's well, it. Well, actually, done. it's not twenty minutes because that's my number one as well. So yeah, we can we can that merge that into into yeah, one. That's it. That's true. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad. No, you're not. I'm pleased <laughs> for you. Yeah, because you um, got it as well, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't get on with it. Oh, it. fair enough. <laughs> I think I agree with what Ben said about the wall of text, and it yeah, is just, it is. just there's so much, so much that's thrown at you. It's, just, yeah. oh, yeah. it's anyway. got singing cats, and I mean, it's I do got like, dots I like cats. cats. I like the cats, but I just everything else. I mean, if I could have just the cat game, and I'm in. You know, I also I'm really, I really want to make some bunny dango. Oh, bunny dango is really amazing. Tasty. Yeah, they, they look, look good. Tasty. Yeah. Just a quick one, some quick honourable mentions, because they're not my number two, um, which is Forza Horizon 5, Halo Infinite, um, Hitman 3, which I almost put in my top two. Um, what was the other one? Riders Republic, and a massive honourable mention to the Evercade, and especially the Evercade VS, which is the home console version. Um, when oh, I, yeah, you got yeah. It's brilliant. It's superb. They've got a little um, menu option which says secrets. And then they every update, they 
add little secret games into the um, console that you have to find just typing in codes which is so novel and so unique and you have this other thing where you can put different cart combinations in together because it takes two cartridges and it will unlock another free game that's in the system itself very clever very cool loads of little easter eggs there's so much potential behind it but I don't want to go too much on TFK because I'm sure I'm going to talk about it on a further podcast. But I will just say, when the Evercade first came out, I had a checklist of old games that I wanted to see on cartridges. And this year, there were two cartridges, the Bitmap Brothers cartridge and the Codemasters cartridge that had Sensible Soccer, Cannon Fodder, Speedball 2 and Chaos Engine. And these were games that were all in my wanted list for a retro console i was even looking at getting canon fodder for my sega mega drive um so i'm so happy with that because canon fodder is brilliant and playing chaos engine again it's such an amazing shooter but anyway that's my honorable mentions and as i say i'll talk about um the evercade further down the line because it's such a great console and also you can connect the handheld console to the um the home console and use the handheld console as a controller as well um which is really clever um and obviously because you get safe states you could take the cartridge out of the console put it in the back of the handheld and then you're away and you can play it handheld so a bit like a switch but not as technically clever as the switch but still unique anyway so my number two oh and also one other thing i need to give a shout out this is the year that i finally started the last of us yes and i've i love what i've played um these guys know the story about unfortunately i got all the way through i got all the way through whilst i was isolating due to covid i got all the way through billstown and i got all the way to pretty much the end of that section which is quite a long way in and my my save file corrupted and i've had to go all the way back to the museum section in which is pretty early on in the game so i wasn't best pleased about that but i love (laughs) what i've played about of it so far and i will just go back to it so my number two game um so will already knows how much i loved the first version of this game and it actually it's a game that i brought during christmas but it came out last year it came out october last year actually it came out when everything else was coming out at the same time so it got kind of missed by a lot of review sites and a lot of people that had played the original my number two is jurassic world evolution 2 and initially i wasn't going to put this in but i think the improve and i loved the first game even though it was a bit basic in terms of a management sim um what the great thing about this is all the problems with the first game have been vastly improved so for instance if i take something like the hatching of dinosaur eggs if you had a dinosaur for instance like the triceratops where you need three triceratops in a in like an area oh what is it when you have yeah paddock you would need to hatch three separate you'd have to do three separate hatches in order to do the um 
to get triceratops and keep them happy together because the dinosaurs get lonely and they have their own characteristics now for instance if you hatch a triceratops you will then your scientists will then look try and hatch three triceratops eggs together so basically as soon as you've got a herd of animals or herd of dinosaurs you can already put that herd into its enclosure without having to worry about is it going to try and break the fences to escape because it's not happy or it's um it, yeah not happy um which is a plus already you don't actually ha when you're hatching dinos now you don't have to have an enclosure you just have to have the hatching unit because you can once they've hatched and matured from their eggs you can then airlift them to the enclosure that you've made for them also the actual um like the foliage and the food and the plants options this time are much more i would just say they're much more fleshed out but also in line with the dinosaurs so for instance some dinosaurs like tall leaf plants and they need some ground fibers so then you go into when the dinosaur's in its enclosure you click the dinosaur and then it will bring up the what it needs in its enclosure and you can build the enclosure around that much easier than before you were sort of having to guess what type of things the dinosaur needed in the enclosures um also when you're hatching the dinosaurs they all depending on who you've got as a scientist because you have to hire and hire your own staff this time whereas before the staff were given to you it was just part of the game now you have to hire your staff and they each have like a different sort of level for logistics um medicine and there's another one as well just adds to the game but also it means that when you're making your dinos some of them will have different characteristics for instance using the triceratops again you could hatch three triceratops and one of them could be very weak but also have a very aggressive mentality which means it's always fighting but then obviously it's not strong enough to fight so it always wants to be the um dominant dino in its enclosure um you've got a you've now got a medicine a medical center as well whereby you can airlift dinos into the medical center to heal them if they have broken legs and stuff like that um you've got um a minute so one of the things that was wrong with the last game is the amenities amenities such as the, all the shop stuff it was very basic kind of now cool, it? it was all just yeah. It was yeah. very soulless. Mm. Now there's a lot more amenity management and the actual options within the amenities, you can change them between food, um, retail and drinks. But the actual options you have for them, there's a lot more options. You can change how the, the shops look. You can put, if you wanted, you can put like benches and tables on the top of a restaurant and stuff so that people can watch the dinos from the top of the restaurants. Um, there's a lot more it's still very simple controls but they've added so much more to bring you more into the game um the enclosures the enclosures are better as i say you can actually do a big enclosure and you can actually have some some carnivores and herbivores together whereas before if you had herbivores and carnivores together in the same enclosure the carnivores would attack the herbivores and eat them usually in now each 
dino has its own characteristics of certain dinosaurs that it it's happy to be in an enclosure with and for instance you can put a carnotaurus in with um triceratops and they won't fight they will just happily live together but if you put a t-rex in there the t-rex is going to take over everyone because it likes to be on its own um also the dinos have battle damage as well so if they're in a fight that dinosaur gets and loses that dinosaur still has the battle damage on its body and the scars which is a very cool um graphical aspect of it so um yeah there's some really cool stuff there's a lot more um there's loads of maps this time as well because it's based around the new jurassic world film you've got all the jurassic park areas and uh, isla sauna but you've also got like um san diego canada the redwoods um california arizona the uk um there's a few like france has got a site you can build on um it's just vastly improved to a massive massive per yeah that's good because the first one was you know it was once the novelty had passed that you were you had a dinosaur park it was like ah this is quite shallow it did did seem quite shallow because it's from power is it from it's frontier development they're oh, the ones yeah. yeah well they made yeah. zoo tycoon don't they and roller coaster tycoon and all the planet coaster stuff as well so and they make elite dangerous so they they make a, a massive amount of these games um but yeah it's the improvements are huge one other thing as well you've got aviaries in there as now so you can have pterodactyls and and the water as well yeah the lagoon so you can have the mosasauruses and they feed on the sharks so you can drop a dwight shark in there shark in there and it will you'll watch a mosasaurus jump up and eat the shark um and you've got underwater viewing galleries for your um get for people in the park as well um yeah it's it's phenomenal and it's very addictive and I I can't stop playing it, which is why it's my number two. Um, I I did think of do I put it in or not, but it's I think because it's so many improvements on the first game, which I loved anyway. Um, yeah, I think what they've done with it is brilliant. Nice, nice, JMO. <laughs> Love it. Love to hear it, JMO. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's me done. I'm out of breath now. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh my my first one is one i've already talked about again on the on the podcast no wait it's my number one i shouldn't do that first i should do number two first shouldn't i you should suspense, mm-hmm. suspense. suspense. Uh, well make sure you lock the door when you're doing a number two please <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so my number two game is also a switch game <gasps> and uh sam got me this for, for christmas and I've been loving it. I've been loving it. It's a Pokemon Shining yeah. Pearl. I have been very much enjoying yep. it. I haven't quite clocked the amount of hours that uh, Ben's clocked in uh, Monster Hunter Rise as of yet. <laughs> but it's just, it's nice to go back because it's obviously a remaster of one of the older games. So it's it doesn't have that kind of, because, um, you know, Pokemon Sword has the Dynamax system and you get these amazing yeah. kind of little cutscenes and things. It doesn't have that, obviously. But they've really updated it, and like the way that the Pokemon attack and the, the, the kind of like effects for the attacks are really good, and the graphics just—I I know there's been a lot of like controversy about this game because some people really didn't like the graphics, and I think the big thing, which I love about the new Pokemon games, if they ever took this away, I'd be so upset. But you know how like back in the day, 
if you wanted to level up a Pokemon, you'd have to shared XP. You're talking about, have, yeah, yeah. You'd have to yeah. make it your. You'd have to make it your first Pokemon that goes out into battle. You'd have to battle with it. But now all the Pokemon get XP when you battle. Yeah. And a lot of big, like hardcore, hardcore Pokemon fans, are like, now nah, it makes the game too easy. Good. I want it to be easy. It's Pokemon. Mm. See, I don't wanna... <laughs> here's the thing, right? So I've I've literally as well only just um, I I just finished um, Sword. Mm. Um, and I felt the same a little bit. It was very easy. Um, and my girlfriend had just finished Diamond. She she got Diamond. Mm. And we we're talking about this. Like, I think what you need, what they need to do, is to is to have a a difficulty setting at the start. Just say, do you want to play normal mode or classic? If yeah. You, you click classic, then you get the the old school hardcore experience you know like even in even in at the end of sword um they you know you didn't used to um be able to heal up your pokemon when you faced the elite four and the and the mm. and the champion you know you'd, you'd have to do the whole thing yeah with the pokemon you had and the items you had whereas in sword i got to heal after every single one and i felt so overpowered and i killed them all in like two yeah, but that's minutes what, that's what you want you want to be the very best oh absolutely <laughs> don't get me wrong some people want that like no one ever was but for people that don't want that that do want it a bit more they need to have that difficulty system have it as an opt out rather yeah, or an opt-in or whatever about pokemon is is to catch them is my real test yeah right it's not to it's not to it's not to like you know beat the bosses that's not the test the test is to catch them you know and yeah but some it. people but some people some people want more of a challenge mate I and i it. totally no, get it no. but you know just they just, i just don't know why they don't do it just make a difficulty they setting they should yeah. just do it they should they should um, but I've got a revelation that I've never played a Pokemon game properly before, and I hear they're doing a new Pokemon which is a bit like Breath of the Wild. Oh, it, it's yeah, basically it Pokemon it Breath of the Wild. It comes out yeah. like Later this month, a couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It looks amazing. It does look amazing. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm, I'm pumped. So many Pokemon games. It's great. I mean, we had Sword and then and then Pearl and Diamond and then this, Ar Arceus or whatever it's called. I'm, I'm Ar Ar Arceus. It. Pokemon Legends Arceus. There it is. <laughs> Yeah. Love it, but yeah, that's uh, I've been really enjoying it, and I it's just it's just fun to kind of feel that old school Pokemon vibe, but while I can also level up all of my Pokemon, and it's not as easy as Sword, I don't think. No, I know what um, you're saying about I know you're saying about Sword, and that is an easy game. Yeah, I think this one is a bit harder. I think Go Pikachu and Go Eevee were also very very easy, um, but I think from what I because I was watching my girlfriend play against the Elite Four and. Uh, Cynthia at the end and that was fucking hard like it is still hard at the end yeah. of Diamond and Pearl but um, yeah I think the, the, the journey there I think a lot of people you know love, people love to complain don't they they do they love to complain <laughs> not me I hate complaining no you hate it mm. I never complain I never mm. complain about it. <laughs> no. never complain not even on this podcast not at all this show. oh I know never <laughs> but yeah it's great and if you've been put off by the bad reviews I would say just forget forget about them yeah. and they don't know what they're talking about it's great uh and my number one talked about it before couldn't be any other game than this because this is the best game that came out last year it beats all your games sorry <laughs> uh it's uh it takes two outstanding oh, yes game. yeah that's yeah. my number one as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
it's an outstanding game. Like I've said last time, so many genres of games all in one. Obviously, the downside is that you have to have friend. You have to have at least one friend. You have to have friend. You have to have, <laughs> you have, to have a friend. Do you have any friends? <laughs> I, uh, but I think it's a good couples game as well. I, I really do think yeah. it's like a great couples game because you're kind of talking about because you because they're obviously in the midst of divorce, and it kind of makes you think, making you think about kind of your relationship, and it's making you think about what you guys do, and as they kind of get better and kind of get better, uh, as they better their relationship, you kind of see kind of what 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 you do in your relationship. Are you well. saying that it takes two saved yours and Sam's relationship? It didn't need It's just like a marriage guidance game. Marriage I'll tell you, I'll marriage tell you a game that yeah. almost destroyed it. I mean, let me tell you that. We played Overcooked when he was here with me because he couldn't go home. He wanted to kill me. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> that game that game definitely uh, brings something out of me. <laughs> Oh god, some deep, deep rooted <laughs> hatred. Past life rage. Yeah. It really yeah. is such a sweet game though, and like um how each phase you go through, each new level, you get new abilities. And like it all it keeps it interesting throughout the whole game. Like it, it you're doing the same thing basically, but it keeps it so it's not like doesn't seem repetitive. It's, yeah, like it's always different. Every level is different, and you're doing different things. And uh, and there's just little things to play with in the world, and little mini games. Like there's there's like a little uh, RC, like a, a Skelextric, Skelextrix kind of game. Is that how you say it? Skelextrix? Yeah, it's Skelextrix. It's Skelextrix. Yeah. Yeah. What the? Who thought that? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so much fun. It is endless fun. And I think playing it again, you would have just as much fun as you did the first time. It's, it's what, what a game. Honestly, a shining example of how a smaller game studio, even if it is published by EA, uh, can, can, can knock it out of the park. Uh, really, really good. And uh, I just wanted to give um, honourable mention. I've been really into my VR headset. It's the future of gaming, and anyone that doesn't think so is an idiot. Um, I've been really into my VR headset lately, and I've been playing a game called Echo Arena VR, and it's like this um, kind of like ultimate frisbee-style game, basically, but it's in space, and you're in a space arena with zero gravity, and it is cool as shit. It's like a multiplayer online game, so fucking cool. You just feel the world around you disappear, and then you whack your hand into your cabinet when you try to the disc, and it really hurts for a second. But yeah, VR guys, I swear to God, I swear, VR is the future of gaming. PlayStation just announced their new VR headset mm. and Horizon Zero Dawn game to go with it. It's coming, whether you want it or not. I All just right? wish it didn't give me like motion sickness, because I would really enjoy it. Like I know I would, but it's mm. just like I can't. Ugh. Yeah. It does it's, it's 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 in some games it does I don't know, after I played Echo Arena sometimes I'm kind of looking at things in, in my life and I'm like this, why does this look fake now? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> you you are entering the the matrix. Yeah, yeah. you well, are it's probably, real anymore. Yeah, I think we're definitely kind of entering a, a time, an exciting time period because I mean, Oculus had their biggest sales period ever over Christmas, and it was the number one downloaded app on the App Store. And Oculus is quite a cheap VR headset. Apple's making one. 
like we're definitely getting to the point where mm. it's kind of mass adoption time for, for VR. It's going to be like Ready Player One, people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to forget the shitty the real world and yep. uh, let's just go. Yep. Mark Zuckerberg, zuck me up. <laughs> Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> dear, oh dear! Trademark that. <laughs> okay, so uh, Sam, what was your number two then? Guys, I have like when new games come out, I don't really play them. Like the newest game that I've played that has recently come out was Back for Blood. So I don't, I don't <laughs> oh. have like. Oh yeah, Back for Blood. Do you guys play that? <laughs> I can't believe it. Heard no, of it. Yeah, I can't believe no one's mentioned it yet. Jesus, we've had some amazing <laughs> evenings from that. <laughs> to talk about it. He's been waiting. To... You can't wait. That's a that's a game that'll test your friendship, guys. <laughs> These guys get so sick of reviving me. I know, I know they do. Don't worry, I'm I'm in the revive vicinity as well. It's, <laughs> it's either me or you, Sam, that get ends up needing reviving. <laughs> Then just if you haven't, if you haven't yet, guys, yeah, I get killed if you by sleepers. Guys, you should go watch our video of us playing. It's pretty funny. Ben you gets should. eaten. I get eaten a lot. I get killed by sleepers a lot. It's great. <laughs> My famous last words before running up to one of those big grabber things and just hitting it with a baseball bat. Come <laughs> <I'm> on, <old>, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> it's some of the stuff we've actually done in that game though those sections where you just have hordes and hordes yeah. of zombies coming at you and it gets anxiety inducing yeah. because yeah. you're panicking because that last level no. we did yeah hasn't, hasn't in the sewers really fucking yeah. Tested yeah. yeah oh the that last level that last level where we just died right at the end of the level oh, the sewers was amazing though we went down that <laughs> slide you three went off on one side and then i was stuck <laughs> the other side and i don't know how bet yeah. i was down and I don't know how Ben managed to find me to revive me. MLG gaming, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 420 blazed it. <laughs> blazed <laughs> it. But, like, that's the only game from this year I've been playing. I, I have gotten back into The Witcher 3 again because I never finished it. And that's, like, that's what I've been playing. Recently. Oh, so good. Mm. Yeah, it's like I, you, can just, you can just pick it up and play it again. And it's amazing world the world is so alive it, you never thought after skyrim another world would be as good as that but mm. which as well yeah. skellingrad is amazing i'm trying to like take my time with it too instead of like rushing through the main quest i'm trying to do the Except side quests and the contracts that, that is yeah. the way to do it because one of the best things about the game is the side quests the yeah. side quests are some of the best side quests in any game mm-hmm so good. I can't believe no one talked about Cyberpunk 2027. Wait, oh, that came, did that come out? Uh, well, last just, Christmas. Just, yeah. It was last, last year. Yeah. Year before last. I guess it, I guess it's, it depends on your view in it, isn't it? Like when a game comes out, like, well, I'm playing it. Like, yeah. Yeah. this year so <laughs> i played it on three different consoles i loved it i've i loved obviously yeah. i didn't like Don't. some aspects but i loved <laughs> the actual I'm, world I'm i love the world i'm still bleeding <laughs> oh no you guys are making me want to go fire up the xbox and oh. continue the thing is, on the right, because the, right, the hundred gigabyte download would certainly yeah. put a stop to. It's it's coming soon, though. The next gen version's coming in the next couple if of months. If they are going to do a one point five, I might be re-interested because there's. I really talk... enjoyed it. I did really enjoy what I was playing of it. Like, there's talk that they're going to add all the things that they promised, but 
I love the bugs. My favorite one was the time I saw a cat at the bottom of like a pond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh. I love the see. I I love as soon as I put it played it on the Series S when I got my Series S. I realized how buggy the game was because I was like, I played it on the Xbox three, one and then I played Xbox it on the Xbox. Yeah, I nearly said that. Yeah. <laughs> Xbox 360 would explode if what it went nightmare. on it. Yeah. And then played it on the Xbox drink. One X. Yeah, it would have within a, an hour. Not even that. I played it on the One X and then as soon as I went on to Series S, there were suddenly people walking around the city that weren't in the air. And, um, you know, it was, but it was amazing because obviously just walking around that actual cyberpunk city when it was working yeah. as it should was phenomenal. It's the most alive a city's been in a game. <sighs> Without the, 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 the aesthetic made, made like made it worth it. Yeah, I uh, disagree. Skyrim's more alive than fucking. Skyrim. I think it's. I think it's dead. Yeah. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's like it's alive. It's like three it's alive. No, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You look underneath <laughs> the surface and you realise that they're all just walking about on very set paths. Yeah, that, you know. I think the problem is the problem is they promised a city that would feel like a city that is yeah. alive, like properly alive. The things that they promised and they didn't deliver. I'm not saying that it's not a well. It, it, not saying that it doesn't instill that feeling in mm. in in certain certain aspects, but. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into it. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm so JMO. burned by that game. I uh, it's fine. It's cool. I I, I loved it, but then I, I think did enjoy it. I enjoyed it for what it was. I I like the fact that it does cause a still cause a um, talking point. Though I think it's important to have games like that. You know, there is discussion points to yeah. be had. You know, I think that's important. I I thank them though for betraying me. You know, in a way. <laughs> Because now I don't trust any game development team ever. Oh, when they say, when they say, this is going to be the yeah, they say this is going to be the best thing ever. You're going to be in the world, and we got this character. Yeah, and I'm nope, never going to reorder again. Honestly, Keanu said he didn't even bloody play it. I know that was (laughs) like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't expect that from you. I told you when I was listening to the album, I said, why would I do this to She's myself? told you already, Will. Were you not listening? <laughs> no, God, I, I just... told you. I said, why would I hurt myself this way? I've never had a child. I've never gone through a divorce. But I could feel the things that she was saying, like, that she's gone through. Like, her song to her son. Oh I was my just gosh. about to ask you about that. How do you feel about that song? I, I cried. Because a lot of people like... have don't like it because, I mean, I have not really listened to it and stuff, but I've, I've heard a lot of people say that they found it a bit, I don't know, like, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, it, 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 it was a bit wrong to sort of, her, her child doesn't really, he was a bit exposed a bit. 
or something like that. Like I mean, he's his mom's a like worldwide known celebrity. It's gonna happen. It's not yeah. like it's not like he was just. I don't know. I don't. I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it was beautiful. I like I said, I've never been through any of those things, but Adele has that way of just putting you in her shoes and like feeling how she's felt. And I know that song. What is what is the name of it? I know the song, but I don't know what it's called. <laughs> Easy on me. That song. Yep. Oh, that one gets me. Gets me like. Like I said, you, you can just feel the things, you can relate. I can relate to that one. Yeah, well, that's, the, that, yeah. that's the song her telling everybody about what she's been going through the past couple of years. It's a very, yeah. to make that your lead single off of an album as well, it's very brave and it shows just um, how much creative control she has over her music and what gets released because I don't think any other artist, you know, if they were smaller, would be allowed to release a song so deep as that on their first yeah. single. This album just felt like Adele just stripped down to bare bones, just showing the world who she is now and the things she's gone through. And it's kind of like a journey of her going through that. And now she's just, you know, like we all have to do. We just do the best we can. Very true. Yeah. But it's a good one if you guys haven't listened to yeah, it. Yeah, well, they did um, over here as well. When the album was released, I don't know if you've seen it, they did an audience with Adele. And uh, they pretty much showed it on ITV. And then it's on all the streaming sites to obviously rewatch. But she had a massive audience of like stars. Samuel Jackson was in the audience asking her questions. You know, so oh, she yeah. has a far reaching um, audience and listeners. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's a wonder, definitely. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really have a number two because, like, as for albums that came out last year, I'm just, I sound like a hipster. I'm just one of those people that listens to the same twenty songs my whole life. Yeah. Past twenty you. years, just the same <laughs> playlist. <laughs> yeah. Get your playlist going. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting how we've changed yeah. the way we listen to music, isn't it? Because I used to go on iTunes. And uh, kind of just search for album covers that looked interesting, but now I just use Spotify just to pick it all for me. You know, it just, yeah. just tells me my Discover Weekly and my release radar, and I'm set. I, I mean, do have an artist, one artist that I've like gotten into recently, and that's Girl in Red. She's she's got some really good songs as well. You guys probably haven't heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> I can search it up though. I'm sure because I get I listen to. Well, I still listen to albums, but I listen to loads of songs because the nice thing about the apps is they do any new releases and stuff like that. They, they add them to like your new music list on your mm. whatever you're streaming. So a lot of new music, I tend to listen to quite a lot of new music, especially in the car. And, you know, just coming home from work, I just stick on, stick on my app through the car and I'll be listening to whatever new songs are on there. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's amazing how much it's changed. I mean, I still buy CDs as well. So DJ Mo, wait, yeah. did Evermore come out last year? Was it the year before? Because that would probably be my number two. 
Which I one? I can't remember. Evermore, Taylor Swift. Oh, no, that was no, Taylor 2020, Smith. 2020. Taylor Smith did have yeah. an album out in the summer, though. She had another Taylor's album. Taylor's version. It's Taylor's version of Red. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also really good. True. True dat. Cool. Cool. We should, we should all share. Everyone has Spotify, right? I use Apple Music. <laughs> I know, I know, but I, I do have Apple a, music. But I do have I'm listening Spotify to music account through my fancy headphones because Spotify's audio quality sucks compared to Apple Music. <laughs> Look, not, not everybody, not everybody is is as fancy as you. Okay, <laughs> some of us are just fine with our car stereo. Yep. And <laughs> Guys, you've not heard music until you've heard it from Sennies, all right? Through I must, yeah, I must admit, I don't remember the last time I sat with headphones on and listened to music. Oh, I usually have it, play, yeah. I usually have it playing through speakers or in my car. Seriously, yeah. those headphones, I've talked about this on Twitter, but those headphones I got last year are probably the best purchase I made of a physical item last year, I'd say. A good set of headphones listening to music because I, I got some music books for Christmas as well. I got the Dave Grohl book and also Oasis Supersonic book. But it's nice that listening to music through headphones and say reading a book on the artist that you're listening to. Yeah. Have you got into the uh, records yet, Jamo? What do you mean? Oh, like, vinyl. Been, been buying vinyl. vinyl. I'm so tempted, but I've also my brother buys a lot of vinyl. That is a so. that is a rabbit hole. Yeah, like once you fall in that, <laughs> it's expensive too. I've you ain't getting out. Too. Oh, yeah. it's amazing though. I think I've got to. I I I still. This is why I still buy CDs of albums that I really like, because a if I'm streaming an album and I like it, and the artist is only getting like one pence per stream. I think that's totally unacceptable. So if I like an album, I'm buying it and I'm making sure I'm going through the artist's website to buy it to make sure they get something, but they get something because they've gone to make that album and all of a sudden they're not getting anything for it. I think you're uh, so kind, Jamo. You are a kind, kind man, man. Jamo. I, I, I think I love my music though. I don't want it to die. Right. I think. I think that's where K-pop has kind of really nailed it because, <laughs> listen, hear me <laughs> out, hear me out. Because if you buy like if you buy like the new you know Taylor Swift album, mm-hmm. you get like the album cover and a CD. All right, not many people these days are going to want just that. Which, but K-pop albums, you get posters and cards and and photo books and pin badges and every like well, you get so mm. much stuff, which makes it more worthwhile to buy the CD. But you also know? probably costs a lot for the artist to put that in there. Well, I suppose, but I, I, I just think it kind of is more of a more of an incentive. So, are it? you really making more money from that because you're spending more on well, I think posters? You're definitely and selling more CDs. I don't you're know selling more, but you might not be making a profit. So then, the, then you, I think, well, why are they doing that? What's the point? Because at the end of the day, they they, they want to make money. Yeah. Sorry, you've blown the wind out of my sails. I'm so though. sorry. Oh, what have you done there? I was... <laughs> <laughs> We've gone off on a tangent. Yeah. Yeah, yes. we have. Like, yeah. Okay, so the reason I asked that, because I thought it would be fun if we would all share like our top songs yeah. from our Spotify list, the ones that we listen to. And JMO, you could just say like your favorite songs. Yeah, well, I can put, yeah, well, Jesus, I've got, I could put. Oh, them. boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, There's God. a list. Thousands <laughs> of songs. <laughs> you know, I was talking about the Dune book. I think there's about of songs that would fill up a book of June. 
should just share a, share a playlist with us. Uh, I've got loads of... I should will do. If we're doing a Spotify <laughs> list, if we do a Spotify list, I've, I do have a Spotify account. I, I have the free one with the adverts, though, just mm-hmm. so I, because I pay for Apple Music. So I could still right. drop stuff in there. Drop it on in. Yeah. Well, I'll share mine then. Um, my number one song of the year was Evermore by Taylor Swift. My number one song on Spotify was uh, On the Ground by Rosé. <laughs> Rosé. Hmm. So, are we going for our number one? I can go into my um, my Apple Music and tell you what my most played song this year is if I go to my playlist. What about you, Benzie? I'm, I'm trying to find it. It's, it's sad that he doesn't just know it off the top of his head like I do. And, and yeah, I don't care as yeah. much as you do, mate. <laughs> oh, no, I, can, I can find it for him. Give me a sec, I can find it for him. Well, on Spotify it says... It, it says two different things. So on Spotify it says it's Over Those Hills by Hayley Williams. But on my last FM it says He Said, he said She Said by Churches. Oh, yeah, that's oh, a good song. Be, so, it? so it could be either. Oh, who's, who's next? Oh, I can tell you. Oh, hold up. I can tell you what my most played song is. Okay. And it's actually from my number two album. Let's hear it. Change Your Mind by The Coral. Hmm. Never heard that one. Talking of The Coral, Jamar, here they're your second uh, favourite album of the year. Wow. Oh. That was really. Oh, my God. That was endless. <laughs> so, I can't yeah. believe. It, it almost sounds like we're getting mm. good at this, Will. Yeah, what a link that was! So that was perfect. Anyway, that was unbelievable. Yeah. So as we've just alluded to, I do tend to listen to a lot of albums. Um, So I could have actually, I could have given you ten albums this year. Um, Anyway, the album I'm talking about. So the Coral are from Liverpool. They're probably besides, you know, they come from Liverpool. Besides the Beatles. They're probably one of the most successful bands to come out of Liverpool since the Beatles, although they're not massive. They're almost like a um, hidden secret. They do have three really well-known singles that get played a lot, songs such as Dreaming Is You, Pass It On and In The Morning. But they've still got that sort of niche indie aspect to them as well. Um, They're a really cool... They've got a very Liverpool sound to their music. It's not... It's a very typical, it's quite, um, what's the word, experimental indie at times. Um, The great thing about this one, but I've always had problems with their albums in that they have the singles on there and then they go off on a tangent of weirdness. And a lot of the time the weirdness isn't as good as the singles. So then the album that they're on to which is my number two is called coral island and it's a a double album and a bit like um the creeper album from last year it tells a story so the album is based around a seaside town it and the fairground within the seaside town so the first cd of 10 tracks um, you have a narrator between a couple of tracks, but then the town is opening up for the summer, the fairgrounds open, and the songs are based around the fairground and people coming into the town to the fair. Um, but some of the songs that are on the album, there's not really any um, 
you know the weird songs are good songs they're not they don't turn you off the album it's a very solid album from start to finish and then this the second or side b of the album which is the next 10 songs is about the fairground closing down for the winter and how the winter affects um the business of the town and how the town's affected by no fairground being on during the during the winter uh, it sounds surreal but it works on such a level um there's some great songs on there like change your mind is a very good jangly typical cold pops indie pop song there's a song at the end which is a piano piece called um Calico girl which is a really weird 60s sounding piano pop tune it's superb and then you've got like the slow um more weirder songs called there's one called the golden age which is weird but it's not weird to turn off the listener if they don't want to hear weird sort of experimental music and most of the tracks are only three minutes long so it's not a long album by any standard even though it's a double album you're pretty much done within 40 minutes on it so it's it's brilliant um, and it's probably the best album the Cole have ever done beside their debut album um, as far as I'm concerned um yeah i have to check them out i've written it down and follow them on spotify so i don't forget their biggest song <laughs> is a song called dreaming of you which is superb okay yeah um so my number one album and he's in sort of in the same way as adele's like you were speaking about adele and how she you know she, she goes quite deep with her lyrics my number one album is sam fender's 17 going under um sam fender's very much turning himself into the north of england's answer to bruce springsteen he's still really young but a lot of his songs talk about growing up in working class areas um obviously there's a lot of songs relating to his family life and obviously moving on from that as well um a lot of uh he sort of um what's the word for it he has a lot of people are listening to him at the moment and he's he's make he's really breaking into say popular culture more so than anyone else from his type of music um there's a couple of tracks which are really deep on the album obviously title track 17 going on under has some really good um lyrics to it and storytelling telling aspects there's a track on the album called spit of you which is basically a father and son track um it's about how fathers and sons don't really talk about as much deeper things as they should do um mm -hmm. there's another track on the end of the album called the dying of the light which is um very much a bit like um a north of england version of thunder road by bruce springsteen um it's an amazing album though it, it's probably for his age and it's only like 19 20 to make an album as good as this and as mature as this at his age is um phenomenal um you guys will ben you know sam fender stuff don't you i mean i think i might have listened to it on uh, apple music uh, just kind of going through the rock uh, top 100 or something mm. like that so it's sam fender Oh, I did. I did listen to his latest album a little bit. Yeah, not really my style, but 
I've never I'm glad, heard I'm of glad, them. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Jamo. You know, I listened to it and I thought, you know, I bet this is something Jamo would listen to. And I saw your little picture next to the album and I was like... Yeah, he's sort of... Well, he's sort of, in many ways, of how Oasis were in the 90s, he's sort of um, in touch with his audience and the culture around him in the same way. There's a lot of comparisons with the with the rise of Oasis to the rise of Sam Fender at the moment because he is... The album's been a bit of a um, phenomena. Um, he's he's up for loads of awards. It's a great album. Um, I like that, mate. I'm going to listen yeah. to that. I've had yeah. a little listen. Going to going to listen to some of that. It's, and there's some great songs. There's a track called um, I think it's the third track down called I, which is very political. And when he gets political, he's he's. He sounds like Will ranted about Eternals, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it is you know he's ranted about the culture and um, politicians and stuff, which is very relevant at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, obviously there's anger there, and it's it's a great um, microism of this country at the moment. I think more than anything, it, it encapsulates everything that's going on. It's great. It's a great album. Nice. Nice. Okay, so before we get into my uh, into my stuff, I think Ben should go first because his music taste probably follows on more closely from, from JMO's than mine does. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Okay, well, let's go. Okay, let's go. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I'm very similar to Sam. I'm very similar to you, Sam, where I will just listen to stuff that I know. And not a lot of new stuff came out for artists that I like this uh, mm-hmm. last year. But um, uh, three albums came out, but I'm going to talk about, talk about two of them uh, very quickly. That, that um, is indeed the format of the show. It is. <laughs> um, um, the first one that... Um, that came out this year that that it was a it was a band i mean i've I've spoken about both of these bands on the on the podcast before that i've you know i've only just recently gotten into both um the first was um pale waves album who am i um i think it came out quite early yeah great album we both we both listened to it at the same time yeah yeah um it was another another band i just i i discovered in 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 um I think it was the second UK lockdown. Um, I discovered their first album, "My Mind Makes Noises," and I I probably listened to it a bit a bit too much. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a bit like that when I love an album. I will just listen to it like like every day, and I will just just absolutely burn myself out. Like the worst mm-hmm. time that that happened to me was when um, what was the name of that that album? Um, Imagine Dragons first album. Oh, yeah. um, what was, no what was the name of that bloody album? Uh, <laughs> oh fuck! I need to. I need. I need to know. It, it was uh, uh, Night Visions. Yeah, Night Visions. You know, like, like radioactive and stuff. All, yeah, all of it. Yeah. Oh my god! I listened to that far too much. I can't listen to it anymore because I just. <laughs> it was just oh, too much. Um, but yeah, um, who am I? Um, I really, really liked this album um obviously pale waves um they've got this like alternative indie sort of poppy style that i like um that sort of whenever i listen to them takes me back a bit to like sort of late 2000s the sort of late 2000s music that i used to listen to back in um back in the day god late 2000s is now 
counts as back in the day, doesn't it? Back in the day, does Scarborough. Speak for yourselves, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I feel even older. Yeah, yeah, so it was was a great album. I I really enjoyed it. Um, It was nice to to sort of discover a band um, and then... You know, discover a band quite late into their into their um sort of careers, and and then have an album come out quite quite soon after I just finished sort of listening to their, their first album. Um, I wouldn't say I liked it as much as the first, but I still think it's it's really a really good album. Like some standout tracks, I'd say like Fall to Pieces, um, Easy, You Don't Own Me, Run to as well. I really liked. Um, towards the end of the album but um yeah i really 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 enjoyed them again another band that 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 got me through got me through the lockdowns um and another one uh, which i've i've talked about far too much on this on this podcast so again i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spend far too long on this but um again a lockdown love churches they released um screen violence not too long ago yeah. um their most recent album and when I uh, first heard the first single, He Said, She Said, um, I knew straight away, I was like, I'm going to love this album. I, like, Whenever it comes out, I'm going to love this album because they've still got that, that synth pop sound, that, but it still feels really fresh. Um, and then I think after that, I think How Not to Drown came out. Oh, my God. I was going to um, mention Robert Smith is on Robert this track. Smith. Yeah. Um, now... When I first heard it, because going from He Said, She Said to How Not to Drown, I, I was taken aback a little bit. And I, and I must admit, I did not like the song when I first heard it. And I, and I was like, oh, actually, hold on a minute. Am I going to like this album? <laughs> and then I listened to it a few more times. And then I suddenly found myself listening to it just randomly. And I was singing along to it. And I was like, actually, yeah, this, this song is really great. And it's so good to have Robert Smith in there. He's got that iconic voice, you know. Um, so, and then, uh, uh, Good Girls came out, the, the final single, and it sort of, it was very much, very similar to He Said, She Said, and I was like, yeah, 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 this album's great. Um, and it is, <laughs> it is. The only thing I would say is that I'm, I'm so used to, um, um, Church's albums being quite long. This one was quite short, and I was a bit disappointed that there were, that there were, that there were only 10 tracks and, um, they weren't like really long, long songs either. It was only about forty minutes long, and 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 I was used to the other um, the other albums being really long and like having some really um, uh, and some some quite long songs as well. But I've I've noticed recently that they have released like an extended version, which I haven't listened to yet. So they've added uh, three more songs. So I will go and. And, and see if that if that makes me feel a bit better about it. But it is it is a it is an amazing album. Again, some standouts. Um, I love asking for a friend. The first track, California, was 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 one. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. That's a great song. California was an amazing yeah. song. I first heard at the chorus, and I was just like, oh my god, this is why I love this band. Um, Lullabies as well. I really liked, and actually, I really liked better if you don't the last song. Um, yeah. A lot more acoustic. Uh, very different to the other songs that they've done. Um, I think when they were when they were writing the album, they were initially writing "Better If You Don't" as a very synth poppy um, electric song, and they changed and they 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 were I mean, and about it. And like, actually, this would fit as an acoustic style. Um, 
a lot more guitar heavy and yeah it's 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 really different and i really really love it it's one of my favorites on on the album so yeah um it's another another album that i i listen to so much and i and i'm not i'm not burned out out yet so i'll I'll keep listening to it and (laughs) yeah i just i just can't wait for more for more music from 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 both these bands and um and it was never an honorable mention to my third album that I really liked was was another Hayley Williams album, um, which was just like she just released it um, without even any sort of like uh, what's the word like advertising at all. She just released it, and it was just yeah. like a, a little. It was it was a nice sort of acoustic style album, um, and she said that uh, Paramore are making new music, so I'm very very excited. Oh, there's a lot of actually just speaking of that one thing that's one thing that's been a trend in music this past year and i don't know if it's because of the pandemic and artists had time to write more stuff but a lot of albums have just dropped all of a sudden yeah yeah a lot of there was um i would say this probably the killer's best album dropped all of a mm. sudden pressure machine which is a very it's a very dark album but that just dropped no yeah. singles, no nothing. It dropped, and it turns out it's one of their best albums they've ever yeah. done. Sometimes that you know, depending on the album, maybe you know, if it's a more personal album, you don't need to do loads of. You just like drop it and say, "Look, the fans, the fans that I want yeah. to hear this are going to listen to it." Yeah. So yeah, mm. yeah. So and yes, I'm very excited for more Paramore music this year. Cool. Excellent. Okay, so my, my, my music this year is kind of taking me a bit back in time. Now, obviously, I mean, honourable mentions of a lot of K-pop. You know, <laughs> twice released their new album, Formula of Love, which is great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Rosé released her debut single, uh, single album, which is great, and I loved it. And so did Lisa, both from Blackpink. It's been a, kind of a year of, uh, been a year of uh, singles. Kind of taking back in time in more in more mainstream. So obviously, my number two album this year, the greatest comeback in the history of music happened in 2021, guys, and nobody talked about it but me. <laughs> Ridiculous! I can't believe that none of you have mentioned ABBA's new album. Treason! <laughs> oh my god! I'll I've be honest, about I've only, that. I've yeah. only heard the single, and what I must say is. It's very ABBA, isn't it? Like it's you so could ABBA. take you could it's take ABBA. that single, and and say to someone, "When was this released?" And you wouldn't know if it was released back in the seventies or eighties, or you know, <laughs> they have kept their sound. They have, they have, and it's a great mix on this album, of like their classic kind of upbeat kind of um, dancing queen style, and also their more, you know, calm kind of um, chikatita kind of style. <laughs> I would say there's a bit, there's a great mix of, uh, of 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 their previous kind of back catalogue. Like, uh, for example, the the bop, the bop on the album is a song called "Keep an Eye on Dan." Holy shit! This mixes the best of kind of like our new sounds and and kind of like I love a bit of like I don't know I don't know what you call it. I love a bit of like style you know love a, a bit like a beat in the background that then repeats over the the chorus and it's like oh just that little instrument whatever it is like a like a piano or something like a electronic piano you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> love a bit of that and like listening to it there's so many layers to it too that song this is probably the one song i just i just cannot stop listening to 
there's so many layers to it and it's like the classic ABBA of like the main vocals being like the, the girls and the backup vocals being being the blokes and it just works so well oh god this song it's probably my song of the year to be honest incredible and all of it i mean there's like uh i still have faith in you like when you dance with me that one's quite like a nice and they, they're talking about their life experiences and you know these people are about 100 years old so they've got <laughs> the life experiences they know what to sing about <laughs> and i just love it i love it guys it is a great album a fantastic return to form for abba and i think they beat adele to number one as well so that always that always makes me smile <laughs> Anyway, thanks for the support there, guys. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that one was taking me back uh, to when I was a child and uh, would listen to uh, would listen to to Abba, uh, Abba Gold, that classic album. And next up is uh, taking me back to kind of when I was a young teenager, because I I used to love Marina and the Diamonds, her first album, amazing. Then the later the later two or however many it was in between that one and this one. Not, I didn't love it so much, but the new... Didn't, her new, uh, didn't huh? she look at you once? She's Marina. Right in the eye. <laughs> she basically knows who you are. She knows who I am. <laughs> she, uh, she cannot get me out of her mind. I'm pretty sure that most of her songs are about me yeah. she, when she looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a yeah. classic, that is. I should have shut up. That is a classic. No, that was good. That was good. <laughs> But See, this song, this uh, this new album, Ancient Dreams in a Modern Land, there is not a bad song. You could, you know, I don't often listen to entire albums unless it's K-pop, right? You don't. But this, this album, I could listen to over and over again in its entirety. It's just like, uh, for example, my my favourite song off the album is probably called uh, is, is the one called New America, right? And she just fucking rips into America. It's hilarious. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. it. She, she do. She oh, and she lives over there now, so she's allowed to, right? <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, um, just it's all—it's all just like it's all happy tunes, and then Marina's classic sad lyrics, happy tunes thing that she has that she has going on. Because her last couple of albums was just kind of sad songs with sad tunes, I would say. Whereas she's she's brought back the upbeat, you know, um, pop vomit that I like, and kept her kind of soul intact, which uh, I appreciate. It's just a great album. Definitely the best album of the year. Incredible. Incredible. Poor Abba. Poor <laughs> Abba. They got bested. <laughs> got bested. Unfortunately. A shame. A shame. They'd be saying, oh, that's, they're only number one because Marina looked at you that time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the song um, Venus Flytrap on that one and Man's World. Those, mm. are, those are my two favorites off that album. Agreed, and of course, Man's World well, is really good. Man's World is really good. That was the lead single, and I was—I heard it, and I was like, "She's fucking back! She's fucking back! Here we are! <laughs> Let's go!" <laughs> and then, lastly, I guess I would be remiss if I didn't mention Bo Burnham's incredibly catchy and "Stay in Your Head," also quite depressive songs from his Inside Comedy Special on Netflix. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Forgot about that. I thought that was like a fever dream. <laughs> that made me really sad. Really, really sad. Mm, it was a tough one. 
And then uh, one last word, sorry. Uh, usually I would obviously talk about Selena Gomez, but she only released a little bit of new music. It was her Spanish EP of uh, Revelation. Oh, you're oh, joking. I know. What a rubbish year because of that. Oh, fucking she hell, Selena. Spending <laughs> too much time acting. <laughs> too much time acting. Not enough time. Get back in the bloody recording studio. Get the makeup, Selena, and let's just, just focus on, on the what, what matters. Yeah. <laughs> what is she doing with her life, eh? Go. You, you leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs> She's to cater to me. <laughs> uh, but no, it was a good EP, but it was just an EP. And that's it. Bam! We fucking knocked it out. That was pretty good. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two and a half we've hours. Really, we've yeah. Done, we've done good work there. We've done well. Girls. Yeah. Are we going to say goodbye to the listeners or just nah. leave, no, it, just nah. leave the tape <laughs> running? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically we can sum up the movie of the year is Spider-Man. Um, the games of the year were It Takes Two and Monster Hunter Rise. And as we said, the music is pretty much... Abba. Yeah. Yeah, it was Abba. Abba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 